G'day guys and welcome back to another episode of the Ads and Dunks podcast exclusively brought to you by the Oz American Aces. We are your hosts. My name's Adam Chalor and of course, my best mate, Josh Dunkley on the other end. What a massive week we've got here. Uh, it's been a uh, big week for both of us. We're both able to hit the winners list, which is extremely exciting. But probably the most exciting thing, it was Easter. Chocolate. We both get to eat chocolate. Uh, it was a great week for us. Long weekend. Uh, so here we go. How are you, Joshy? I'm good, thanks, mate. You're telling me that you have never eaten chocolate outside of Easter? Oh, no, I have. But I uh, I go a little bit overboard for Easter because Georgie was down actually. So I um I reckon I almost bought out all of Woolworths the chocolate. I, I did a last minute run on the Saturday and I um picked up you know <laughs> probably six six of the bunnies, picked up a couple of the Easter bags, and uh, yeah, I definitely stuffed myself with chocolate. This is a big question because I always think about this. You know how you have like the brands of chocolate of the Easter eggs that you can get. What do you tend to go for? We're talking purely Easter eggs, right? Yes. So we're discounting all other chocolates, okay? So I would probably go the – honestly, if I had my choice, I'd go the basic, like the – you probably can't see my hand size, but they're not the really small ones. They're the bigger ones. They're just the, the basic uh, chocolate Easter egg balls. No, nothing on the inside, just that, dairy milk chocolate. They're my favorite. I think dairy milk must be the brand, but it's not like a Ferrero Rocher or any of those brands. It's just the typical dairy milk, and it has to be those size. What about you? Yeah, see, I, mate, I'm the you know the real small um, Cadbury chocolate eggs. That's yeah. me. I think actually Cadbury's the brand. I've just said what did I say? Dairy milk. Dairy yes, I'm milk. Surprised, yeah. I'm surprised I actually don't even know the chocolate brands, but I um, but yeah, Cadbury the bigger ones are probably my favourite. But actually, they did they did this special edition crunchy Cadbury ones that I've been absolutely smacking uh, post game. Definitely not nice. throughout the week. <laughs> you don't have your cheat day or anything like that anymore? Oh, no. Nah, when I go to the movies, I have a bit of chocolate, but uh, there's no Easter eggs. I usually get my peanut M&Ms and a couple of Skittles and popcorn, but, um, you know, we're here to talk about footy. We're not here to talk about our chocolate or <laughs> days, are we? No, we're not, mate, but it was a good weekend. Obviously, you said you had the um, the girls come down, and I know Kimmy and Lara obviously played on Sunday and Tippy did as well, but um, they got to see your game which was good. Obviously, uh, run us through that, mate. Great win over the Tigers at the G. You were talking about last week how it was going to be a tough one and um, I suppose Richmond at the MCG is probably no harder test other than probably Melbourne um, at the moment. So, yeah, run us through that game, mate. It was very impressive. Yeah, it was a um, – yeah, it was, it was kind of a tale of um, different quarters, to be totally honest. We started off really well and then I think we got five or six goals up um, playing some really good footy and I think it was – as I touched on last episode, it was off the back of how well we were defending. I think we were able to stop them from, you know, really slingshotting the ball from their back half as they do really well. Their halfbacks get involved and, um, you know, there's a reason why um, a lot of teams kind of emulate the way Richmond have played in the past three, four years because they've obviously been the benchmark team. And, um, yeah, very pleased with the first quarter, but then they came with a freaking wave. They kicked eight goals in – in the span of 10 minutes, I think, in that second quarter. And, um, you know, and, and I know that you obviously know what it's like playing against the Richmond side, especially when they've got their tails up and, and they're in front of the Richmond Army. Um, yeah, it was quite challenging. I think what we did, you know, half time came at a really good time for us because um, we were able to really address, you know, issues that we had in that first half. And then, yeah, I think 
the fact that we were able to come out and um, I guess stick to our guns and, and go back to the way we were playing in that first quarter and, and in that first little bit of the second quarter, um, yeah, to be able to defend the way we did in that second half, keep them to two goals and still be able to score, you know, the way we did in in what was really tough conditions. Um, the weather changed quite a bit at halftime and, and I think that played – um, you know, definitely a big factor in in what was happening in that third quarter. They weren't able to slingshot, you know, the way they were in the second because obviously a wet footy, totally different to a dry footy. But um, you know, give credit to to the way we defended and our, and our you know high defenders and our midfielders were defending really well. So yeah, extremely pumped we were able to get the win in the end because the last five minutes of the game they were they were really peppering, you know, inside fifty and um, you know they were almost bound to score a goal and they did with about thirty seconds to go. So you know we were. Um, you know, we were, we were fortunate enough to hang on in that last 30 seconds of the game, um, you know, post that centre bounce. So very pleased that we're able to get the job done. Now we've obviously beaten, you know, two really strong sides in, in obviously your boys and then, um, you know, Richmond who are going to be obviously, well, I think right up there, come towards um, the pointy end of the season. So it was a, it was a nice win, um, you know, and, and we, don't, we don't get to play at the MCG much. I think that was, might have been my fourth game at the MCG playing for the Western Bulldogs. So... Um, being able to do that um, and then win was very, very nice. Very nice. It's good, man. I feel like you're, um, especially the last couple of weeks, I've noticed the source pressure element of your game, like not yourself, but the whole team in general has been top notch. And um, we obviously got to experience it last week against you guys. But yeah, the pressure around the source has been a, a massive factor. And I feel like that's been, or it could have been one of your focuses going in. Well, yeah, you're right. I think anyone watching the game or any, any uh, general fan out there would definitely, you know, notice that that's probably been the biggest change in, um, you know, the last two weeks. And, you know, when I say change, it's not – we don't want it to be a week-in, week-out thing. Obviously, we want it to be part of our DNA and how we want to defend and, um, you know, win the footy back. And I feel like, you know, our, our footy group and, and especially our inside midfielders, we definitely play a lot better off the back of our source pressure and being able to win the footy back in dangerous spots. So – yeah, it's definitely been a focus for us and, and something that, yeah, hopefully, you know, off the back of these two weeks, we can continue that. Um, you know, we've got a great challenge against Port Adelaide this week in what's going to in what's going to be, you know, a really special round in the gather round. And, um, you know, I know you boys faced them round one over there and, you know, it's obviously quite a daunting and intimidating task for anyone travelling to Port Adelaide against, you know, a, a, an up and about Port Adelaide side. So, yeah, we'll be really looking forward to the challenge. Um, one that I'm, um, yeah, really looking forward to, and, and knowing that uh, you know all the teams are in the same state, so I'll be able to hopefully run into you, which would be nice. Might be able to do a, you know, a pregame or the night before pregame, um, you know, dinner and whatnot like we used to. It was a good win. What about you? I've seen, um, you know, obviously seen you guys. Obviously, yeah, uh, got a win, but it wasn't obviously against, you know, you know, nobody. It was against probably what everyone is is tipping as the premiership. You know, favourites um, early on in the season. Um, you know, you obviously got you got came up against them firsthand, and you obviously seen their strengths and their weaknesses as well. Um, how'd you find it? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it was a tough game. I feel like the way that uh, they came out, it was a bit like, whoa, like they're 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 pretty good. Um, the Pies and uh, they kicked away early in the first quarter. I think they were up by a couple of goals at quarter time, but I felt like we probably weren't going as well. Um, you know, around the source and outside of that, and Guys like Nick Dacos and and their high half backs got on a run and um, they were getting good access inside fifty. So we need really needed to negate that part of their game and um, yeah, I think a big focus for us was just to 
you know, the source pressure was obviously a big element to it. But I think to come forward to defend because they like to chain the pies through, mm-hmm. um, you know, all conditions and even if it's raining or it's slippery, they'll still try and do it and they just try and handball and, and get their running game going and get those high defenders, as I mentioned, um, into the game. So it was a tough one up until um, the second quarter and then we got our mojo back. I feel like we started to get a good score on the scoreboard and connect inside 50 and really win that territory battle, which caught a few of their players out at times. And um, it was very impressive to be out there in that second quarter and just see like, uh, you know, the boys go to work and, you know, Charlie Cameron, Cam Rayner obviously played forward and, and took a few nice marks and kicked a couple of ripping goals. So, um, yeah, it was a great – I think we went into halftime really po- on a positive note and uh, everyone was really up and about and then to, to go away in the in the second half and still work our way through it. But I think the way that we were able to run the game out um, was very impressive and, as you mentioned, playing against the Pies who were – one of the you know most highly rated teams this year and have been going really well. So to get the win against them was awesome. And uh, like we touched on earlier, it was the first it was the first Easter Thursday game I've played in. I've normally mm. played in the Good Friday games with the doggies um, at Marvel Stadium against North. So it was nice to be in front of a packed house at the Gabba, mate. And I'm very thankful for all the fans turning out. But obviously, we we repaid them with a win too. So it was a nice little weekend to enjoy uh, a win and. And as you were talking about earlier, you guys got the win too. So it was nice to have an Easter with a, a big smile on your face, mate. It's good. Yeah, well, it definitely looked like that, um, you know, from from the outside, you, touching on the game that you just spoke about, the pressure side of the things. Because you know with Collingwood, um, you know, they're going to just go at, at all costs. And when, when they get the opportunity to go, if they can turn the ball over, they outnumber you and, and really slingshot it the other way. So you're spot on with what you're saying. Do you think? Now that you've played against the Maggies and you've seen them up close, and I obviously know you won the game, but um, you know each week we talk about teams that are surprising us and and whatnot. But commonly we've we've mentioned how good Collingwood are. Do you, yeah? You know, again, I know you've you've beaten them, but do you, do you see how they're going going to be a hard team to beat? You know, come the point in the season, can you see why teams or why why people are regarding them as you know one of the best teams in the competition, if not the best team? Yeah, I think so. I think you can definitely tell that, you know, their ball users and the way they move the footy is very electric and, and they can get a they can get a really good run on, I feel like. Um, you know, our game today is so much it's a game of momentum. And mm-hmm. when someone when a team gets on top, as you touched on with Richmond in that second quarter, like they were the pies they at times felt like, you know, geez, we might be in trouble here or they might kick a few and we were probably lucky a couple of times they didn't take their opportunities in front of goals because they would have got some important goals that would have maybe kept a minute. But I can definitely see that they're going to be a great side and uh, very tough to beat. Obviously, we're able to get the win over oh, on Thursday night, but I feel like um, the way that they, they play and they take the game on, they don't really mm. care if they muck it up, which I think is really important um, when, you're, when you're trying to teach younger players and people to have the confidence to just take the game on. It's one of those things that if you mess it up, well, so be it. Let's just let's just die trying. Yeah, well, they're an um, they're an unbe- unbelievable team to watch. They um they definitely keep you on edge of your seat when you're watching from the very first minute to the end of the game. Definitely one of the most exciting yeah. teams. But speaking of exciting, what about uh, you mentioned him before, um, Charlie Cameron? Not only his game because his game was unbelievable. He was you know all, him and Cam Rayner, I think in my opinion were probably two of the best players on the ground. But that step in the last quarter that he did, where like. <laughs> I don't think the camera could even pick it up. Um, 
Firstly, how how good was that? And secondly, do you actually think he could play a position uh, in the NFL? Probably probably the running back or the wide receiver position. If there's anyone to play a position in the NFL, it'd be Charlie Cameron. Like the way that he moves, like that that was just a small sample size of what I've seen all preseason and since I've been here. Even playing against him over the years, like you you see how good he is and how quick he is. Uh, turns on a dime. Like it's unbelievable attributes that he's got and. Um, he's so electric, mate, and he's such a great bloke too, which is awesome and makes it fun around the club. I know he's we've uh, we saw his uh, the goal where he sort of ran past and <laughs> yeah. signaled the too small, the too small thing, which <laughs> yeah, is funny yeah. as you can't guard me. That's oh, what it is. That's okay. that's where it came came from the NBA where players would score on him and they do that little sign where you can't guard me. I no. thought it meant that you were too small. Oh yeah, but like I think it more means because it came upon when Montrez Harrell. This is what I remember. He was he's like an undersized center. He used to out rebound bigger bigger centers and all that stuff. And he used to do the old too small sign, which I, I used to think was kind of referencing himself or people saying that he was too small. And now I think it's right. kind of blossomed off that. And when you beat someone one on one, you always do that. Like when I play a bit of one on one basketball in the offseason with a few of my mates, I do the too small sign, when, even though I'm not bigger than anybody. <laughs> if you were to pick between you mentioned Nick Dacos and how good he was um, on the weekend. If you had to pick between Nick Dacos and a guy that I know we've both talked about on this podcast and we both believe is the best player in the comp in, in Jeremy Cameron, who, again, had an unbelievable game. I think he had 22 and kick six or whatever it was. If you had to pick between one of those two now, who would you pick? Oh, For me, it's a no-brainer, mate. I'd pick Jeremy Cameron. I feel like he's – we've always talked about him on here being – you know, obviously the person that he is off field and um, giving his all to everyone out there, but the way that he can just set up the game on the field is just incredible, mate. So good. Like I watched him again yesterday, and you know, it's weird. If you feel like he's if he's out of the game, he just gets himself in the game by mm. running up the field, getting the ball, and then using it well, and then ripping back to goal, and then all of a sudden he's on the end of it kicking a goal. It's like it's mm. unbelievable the way that he can do it. I was trying to think, like, how would he feel? How does he feel when he's running out there? Do you reckon he just runs out there like he's just got that mindset of, oh, I'm just going to be best on ground today? Yeah. Yeah, well, knowing Jezza because I've played with him for five years, I um, I definitely feel like that's kind of the belief that he does. And it's not an arrogant thing. It's just, oh, this is how, just how good I am. This is the way I go about it. He's just so damn good. What about you? Well, I agree with that. No, 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 I agree with that. I'd go Jezza. And that's obviously no disrespect at all to Nick Dacos because he's – Unbelievable. I mean, he's leading the coaches voting at the moment. So, yeah, he's having an incredible season. Um, but as you said, the thing that pressed me with Jezza is he's able to um, involve himself in the game if he's gone missing for a bit, if the balls are coming down inside forward 50, whatever it may be. I've seen him go to center bounce and be a center bounce player and and win a clearance. Um, as you said, you get he gets the ball at half back. And this is a genuine question. Who do you think is the best field field kick in the game because I'd almost say Jez is the best field kick in the game as well because some of the kicks that he pulls is unbelievable. Yep, I agree. You probably talk about a couple of your teammates. Yeah, yep, yep. CD, Bailey Dale, Caleb Daniel. Yep, yep. I think um, Dustin Martin, I've seen him up close again on the weekend and he was back to his absolute best, which is always great to see. He, some of his kicking is unbelievable. I think Dane Zorko, unbelievable field kick as well. But yeah, Jezza, Jezza's field kick, whoa. Unbelievable, mate. Unfreaking believable. I think, I think that how many games? There's been four games. I reckon he's got two best on grounds in the Brownlow medal. And 
Oh, I know he played the Gold Coast in Dave Swallow's 200th, and I reckon he could sneak a one or a two here or there because he was unbelievable that game as well. He could genuinely win the Brownlow. Yeah, I, I kind of hope that he does. I kind of hope <laughs> yeah, someone like that does. It'd be awesome for the not only the competition, but I think the widest like sporting community for a non midfielder to win a mm. to win a Brownlow would be would be awesome. That would be unreal. Um, speaking of awesome, I wanted to quickly mention this with your game and Charlie, Charlie Cameron. One more thing, I like how um, you guys do a song when you kick a goal. But I, I was, yeah. um, I seen, I seen someone say this funny comment. It must have been, I want to meet one of the Collingwood fans say, I, I, I won't get sick of hearing. Um, what song? What song is Charlie Cameron's song? John Denver, Country Road. <laughs> and I seen one of the Collingwood fans say, "I'll never get sick of hearing that." I mean, I'm going to get sick of hearing that song. Far out, unreal, unreal that you guys. It's do pretty that. Cool. What's your song? My song. Yeah, have a guess. Whoa, I'm going to say the Gambler. You know the Gambler by I think Kenny Rogers sings that. Nah, it's it's Wagon Wheel. Oh yeah, like do they give you like a a option or can you go literally anything? Can you do like? Any, rap or anything you want, mate. Anything you want. <laughs> Surely there's some funny ones out there. Yeah, I don't know. There's probably some backs that would never think about yeah, getting on the scoreboard that I mean. would have some funny ones. Maybe we should do that at Marvel. That'd be funny. Speaking of Marvel, what about um, Jakey Stringer's barrel on the weekend? Oh, Did you see that? No. Yeah, well, it wasn't just the fact that he – it wasn't like a set shot barrel. He did it on the run. <laughs> it's on the run. Impressive. Yeah. He, uh, he definitely um, shut some doubters out. I feel like that's the way the uh, world these days, mate. Everyone can uh, can get on top of someone and then they come out and dominate and then there's no more noise for a few weeks and then all of a sudden it might come yeah. back at some point. But it's just, yeah, it's I don't I don't really buy into it too much, to be honest. Because Jakey Stringer is at, at his best. He's still as damaging as and as explosive as anyone in the league. It's just because, yeah. you know, he comes back to preseason and, and you know, he's He's like me. He's one of those guys that probably isn't built for pre-seasons. That's what I don't train in the pre-season much. You commonly give mm. me slack about it. You never do a pre-season, mate, but that's all right. <laughs> You're just getting old. True, yeah. true. But then, yeah, you, um, you forget that uh, – people forget how good these players are and he comes out and dominates. It's good to see. Speaking of barrels, though, have you, have you ever been involved in one where – like in a game where it's, it's been, you know, whipped out in a game and you've gone, whoa, have a look at that. A barrel? Yeah, in a game. Have you been involved in one? AFL game, that is. Oh, yeah. Uh, like when someone's kicked out from full back and it's just been a massive barrel to like the middle of the ground. I feel like I've, who, who I've had that before. Who would have done that? Oh, so you don't really oh. remember one? I don't – no, not really. It doesn't stand out. Uh, I, I remember you? one. I got a good one. I remember – yeah, I remember um, – I think it might have been 2019, Collingwood. We were playing St. Kilda at the G and we were up by – Oh, there's four minutes ago, and I think we we're up. It was about four minutes. We we're up by about oh, five, six goals. Game was over, and um, Steve-O, Jaden Stevenson took a mark on I think the sixty oh. meter mark, and he's gone a barrel. Yep. And it's gone in. I reckon it's gone in goalpost high, from what I remember. Yeah, and I just remember Bucks laughing in the um up in the box. It was quite funny because you wouldn't because you you wouldn't be doing that if the game's on the line. I don't even reckon if I was after the siren, I'd have a ping with a barrel. I'd probably make a fool of myself. <laughs> Yeah, so would I. I do one of those ones where you try and <laughs> kick the leather out of it and it goes sideways. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd be terrible at oh. it. Any teams or anyone, any players this round that surprised you at all? Uh, there's a few few talking points. I think the Saints obviously gone 4-0 and and looking really, really good. Um, 3-0, 1-3. 1-3, that's interesting. 
Yeah, well, we we played against them twice last year in in the span of like three weeks, I think. When they we played them mm. at Marvel, and then they beat us and played them at um, in the first final when they you know we lost, we were up by forty, and they came back, and we seen how good they were firsthand, and and I would have been one, and I still believe they, you know, will ultimately find what they what they how they want to play and what they want to achieve. Um, so I've got no doubt there, but yeah, I'm a little bit surprised because I thought, um, you know, especially early season, they'd be right up there. But yeah, I've got no doubt they'll be able to bounce back. And we play them in a couple of weeks, so it'd be really good to see when we come up against them. Yeah, I feel like they're. Um, that's probably, and it goes with all the teams really. Like you get, there's obviously the trade that happens, but then you get draftees in as well. Like mm. there's so mm. many moving pieces of the puzzle to fix before you really going to hit your straps. I think that goes with it nearly all the teams out there these days and it's either if it's new players or it's new coaches or it's new game style or whatever it is it takes a while to really get going and obviously the teams that are going well at the moment like the saints are obviously got a, a kick start ahead of everyone else but yeah i feel like once we get to the middle part of the season i feel like it's going to really start to shape what it's going to look like um yeah. post that but it's obviously a time now for a bit of teething issues and and all that kind of stuff well, it does seem – it seems like early – like this is probably the earliest in a season that I've ever remembered in my 11, 12 years of playing where it seems like every game is that important. And I don't yeah. know if that's because it's getting um, externally from the media told that it's extremely important. But, yeah, as you said, it seems like every game is is so damn important. But us as players, it's like – we understand that it's early on in the season. We're still trying to find our, you know, how we want to play, what our best footy is. And, um, yeah, no doubt Freo and, um, you know, teams like Gold Coast Suns are in the same position. No doubt, you know, they're going through exactly the same thing, trying to find that, you know, what works best for them and, and um, you know, how they can play their best footy. But, yeah, they play against each other it's, this week, which will be an interesting game. Yeah, it does feel like it's like round 23 of yeah. the season and it's like just before the finals and the noise, the the media noise that comes out of it's like, yeah, it's like it's that important. But I feel like, yeah, we're all, as you touched on, we're all in the um, right frame of mind, which is good. I think I think this week's game, because I think Saints, Saints are the only undefeated team left. They are, right? Yeah, I think they are. Yeah. Yeah, because yep. Collingwood... Collingwood, I think, is second or third, but they're playing each other. Collingwood and St Kilda. That'd be a good which game. Is yeah, will be unreal game. I was about, I was about to say where's it at, but I remember it's the gather round. But I've seen today um, the Saints and and the Maggies. Their game is scheduled for the last game on the Sunday. Do you reckon? Oh, do you reckon? Yes. Do you reckon it should should be like a floating, you know, floating schedule um, for the gather round and potentially be able to move games around? Yeah, it'd be a pretty good idea. I mean, because to get the biggest time. crowds and yeah, well, they should get a massive crowd that that kind of game, especially for this time of year and where they're positioned on the ladder. They probably didn't know or expect uh, that to be the case. So I don't know. It probably should be a rolling fixture. They might. They probably shouldn't have done it until last week. But then you throw out all the traveling plans of yeah, the fans and people that want to go that. there and and spend um, money to to fly over and stay. So. It's a bit of a tough one because we all know what it's like. As soon as you want to go somewhere that something's on, the the, the flights are all bumped up and um, it's tough to do. So I think planning in advance is obviously what, what people want to do. That's why you'll be a businessman, Joshy, because you're, uh, you're thinking outside <laughs> of the box where I'm just thinking the game and putting the best games on. What about the Rising Star Race? 
I know you'll obviously mm. have your opinion, be biased towards your teammate. Oh, I mean, everyone's talking about Sheasel being he's he's had a really good first four rounds, and North Melbourne have been going pretty well as well. We obviously play him this week, so he's one that we'll keep an eye out for. But I feel like um, at the moment he's probably got the chocolates. Um, but I don't know; it's tough. It's tough to really say because uh, obviously I'm, as you touched on, I'm right next to Ashy in the midfield, and he's one of my teammates and. What I've seen um, him do over the preseason and even in game these days is is pretty impressive. So I'll still stick by my uh, tip at the start of the year, mate, for Ashy to win it. But I don't know. What do you think? I think they're the top two. I think um, Owens from St Kilda, who mm. I think he won it. He just won the Rising Star nomination for this round. He was really good against us in round two, and then he played really well last week. And then he's come out and you know. Had a really big game. I think he had thirty and kicked two, so he'd be right up there as well. He's he's de- it's a re- definitely a reflection of how the how the Saints boys are going. They're really up and about, and he's playing some really good footy. But yeah, they're probably my top three. Um, it'd be interesting because it's exciting because I don't think there's ever, you know, the last few years. Well, for as long as I've really again been around um, the AFL, there's always been a a standout first year player that you know is going to win the the rising star um, from the very get-go. And I think this year is going to be real close, going to go down to the wire. And I'm excited to talk about it weekly with you because it's going to be one of those topics, I think, that um, we'll, we'll be able to debate. It probably will change every week. But like we touched on before, it's uh, it's only early. So we'll wait and see how it tracks along the year. But we should talk about well, it every week. That'd be good. Oh, we will. What about – I wanted to bring up one more thing about um, lists and, you know, things that we always talk about. Uh, last week we mentioned – I think I asked you – the top four midfielders in the game or top three. Yeah. I think it was bench, start and cut. And I wanted to do – I said, let's do another one. So I want to do another one because I want to do the forwards because of how Jez is going. I want you to do right. the top of your head, your three best forwards in the competition. And then you got to do uh, start, bench and cut. I mean, I can go first because I've got mine, but you can – I'm asking you the question. Yeah, you, you go first then. Okay, so my three would be Jeremy Cameron, obviously, and I'm yep. going to go ahead and say start straight away. So I'm starting Jeremy Cameron. My second one would be Charlie Kerno, and then because mm-hmm. I'm biased and I play with this bloke, I'm going to go Aaron Norton, and then I'm going to bench Aaron Norton, and I'm going to cut Charlie Kerno, and that is a hard cut because. He's playing some good footy, Charlie Kerno. Oh, yeah, it's a hard. This is just one. a tough question <laughs> because because it's a tough question. Harry Mackay, uh, Nick Larkey's playing really good footy. Um, there's so yep. many good footy. There's, uh, Tom McDonald's had a really good couple of weeks. He kicked four on the weekend. Uh, there's so many good big forwards out there. But mate, that's what I, I want to know. I want to know your three forwards. I just do the same as you. So what's your start, bench, and cut? Is that the same? Uh Nah, yeah, probably the same. Probably the same. <laughs> Cannot wait to do the key defenders next week. That's it. That's it. So, yeah, obviously, we're both heading over to Adelaide. We're all heading to Adelaide this weekend. It's going to be a, a very special time to be uh, in Adelaide, which is nice, and I feel like it's going to be great for not only the community but um, us as players to get a bit of a look at. I've obviously been there a fair bit because Tip is down there, but get a bit of a look at the surroundings and um, – you know, we don't really get to spend much time there. So to be amongst the community and do some clinics and stuff over the few days that we're there, it's going to be good fun. Yeah, I'm really excited. I um, 
I've seen how it's worked well in the NRL because the NRL do Magic Round, which is mm. um, obviously very similar to this. They they do theirs in Brisbane, I believe. So, yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, I'm excited that I, uh, as I said, will be able to run into you and we'll be able to catch up for a coffee and, and be able to chat. But um, I really want to know how you're really feeling because I think there's – I think out of the – is it eight games? Out of the six games that are on Adelaide Oval, you're one of the teams that is on Adelaide Oval. <laughs> Were you a little yeah. bit flat when you found that out? Well, yeah, probably. But I feel like it's uh, it's one of those ones. It's sort of like going – it's going to have that community kind of footy feel to it. I feel like, yeah, mm. it's like we used to go to Ballarat. You still, still obviously this year will go to Ballarat. But that feeling of going to a, a country footy ground where – you know, you get the um, the heart of the game. I feel like the you know the supporters come out and they support you. So, uh, at first, probably a little disappointed, but I feel like now that it's obviously real for us, it's a it's going to be a good opportunity to really get together and have that country footy feel, which would be great. Have you actually been to the ground where you're playing? No, nah, I've only seen pictures. So it's I don't know if it's been there for too long. I don't know if it's okay. been there for too long. I feel like they're they're spending obviously a little bit of money on it to um, get it up and going and um, looking sh- looking smick. So, yeah, looking forward to obviously getting there and having a look. I think we have a captain's run on Friday and open session and then some clinics and that after. So, looking forward to that and obviously checking out the ground and what sort of is a bit of the unknown, but from what we've been told, it's similar size to the MCG. So, mm. yeah, it's going to be cool. That's good. Will you be able to, will you be able to watch the – other games at all, like potentially on the Friday or even on the Saturday? Because you'll, you'll be staying there, obviously, because we, we, as you said, we've all got appearances, so even potentially Sunday. Yeah, well, I could come to your game. You get me some tickets if you want. Absolutely, mate. Come. <laughs> it's Libba's 200th, actually. One of your, oh, it one is of too. Your, uh, one of your ex-teammates and one of my current teammates who we both congratulate him uh, on our potty right now. We, uh, we love Libba, absolute superstar of the competition and um, one of the great teammates you could ever have and you played more games with him than what, what I have um, and you know firsthand yeah. how good of a teammate he is and, and a much-loved person he is. So, congratulations to Libba. Yeah, he's uh, he's one of those guys, mate, that you know exactly what you're going to get from him every single week and he's always got your back and he's one of those blokes that I always looked up to as soon as I walked in the door and um, always leads by example, has a crack, puts his head over it, which is what we all love and, and even watching from afar, like just the – yeah, the praise that everyone has for him is 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 quite good, and it's just such a highly respected player in the competition, which is a and it's a great achievement after what he's been through with his body and um, all these niggles and stuff that he's had over the years. It's just great to see him play two hundred games, and yeah, as you said, congratulations to Tommy the Turbo Libertore. Well, no doubt if you're listening, I'll make sure he tunes into the Oz American Aces and he jumps on and has a listen, so he gets his uh, little fifteen <laughs> to twenty second of fame. But um, no, nah, congratulations, Libba. Um, but we'll touch on your game. You mentioned earlier you're playing the Roos, who obviously playing some really good footy. Uh, I know they lost to Carlton on the weekend, but um, for the first three quarters of the game, they were largely in the game and played some exciting footy. How um, how do you see the game unfolding? Yeah, it's going to be a, a tough one again. I think, as you touched on, they've they've been really good um, under Clarko and the new system obviously has been has stacked up against some really good opposition. I feel like they played – I watched their game last week against the Blues and they were in it right until the end. And even at the end, they 
obviously, obviously Carlton kicked away in that last quarter, third quarter, last quarter, and then they came back towards the end. So they're not giving up, which is a great sign for a, a young team. And um, we're going to have to be at our very best. I feel like it's going to be hot around the contest and they've got some players in there that have been going really well. And obviously Cunnington's a, the mainstay and we all know how big a body he's got and how strong he is. And um, they're throwing the LDU, who's had a really good season so far. So um, Jai Simpkin and the like. So, yeah, they're going to be really good around the footy. So we're going to have to be at our best to to take it up to them. And, um, yeah, hopefully we can match them or at least beat them at the contest and, and then, uh, yeah, get the ball moving forward because I feel like if we can get it into our forwards, um, hopefully they can uh, – didn't do the job for us and and get a score on the board, which would be which would be great. But as I said, excited to to get down to Adelaide and um, we're heading down Thursday for a couple of hours before dinner, and then obviously captains run Friday and into the game on Saturday. But you've got the prime time slot Saturday, mate. Obviously playing against Port, who I know is is a very good team at home. How are you feeling about that matchup? Yeah, I'm excited. Um, we're both, I think, both two and two, so we're. Um as, you, as we touched on earlier, the games are really important, um, you know, early early on in the season. So really excited about it. Um, it's a uh, it's a shame that uh, we're all the teams are in Adelaide and and we fortunately have to play one of the teams that are actually mm. from Adelaide. So it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be very hostile for us against the Port Adelaide crowd, who you know obviously you know really support their side. So yeah, it's one that I'm really looking forward to. I um, you know, you touched on North's midfield. Port Adelaide have. You know, a really good midfield through there. Um, you know, they've been able to, you know, move the footy really well last week against Sydney. Um, and and by the way, that's no, you know, easy team to knock off, especially on their own home ground. We played Sydney last year and, and they, um, you know, well and truly beat us. So, yeah, going to be a, an enormous challenge for us, but one I feel like we're definitely up for. Um, it's, a, it's a really good opportunity to see where we're at, where we're at as a footy group and, um you know, we want to play against the best teams on on at the best times, and um, you know, this will be a great opportunity for us to, um, I think, you know, sustain the way we've been playing, but continue to play, you know, the brand that we want to play, and and continue to build on on what's been, you know, a really good two weeks after, obviously, a really disappointing two weeks prior to that. So, um, you know, as I said, I'm excited. As you said before, I'm excited to get down to. Adelaide and um, you know soak it all in because you know the gather rounds obviously a new concept and I feel like it's going to be one that's going to be around for for many years to come and um, you know really excited about the whole build up to it and then you know being a part of, of one of the big games on, on the Saturday night so yeah mate really looking forward to it hopefully uh, you know after after you get a win you can um, you know send me a message and ask for a ticket because I'll have one waiting for you to come down and <laughs> and, and watch watch your old mob hopefully get the job done but no nah, it should be good. I should get should request a uh, room pass for me, mate. I might duck in and see you post game. Mate, as I as I've said, you're a uh, you're a premiership player for for the Western Bulldogs Footy <laughs> Club. You're always going to be loved and, and welcome back there. Um, but no, you you uh, obviously your um your better half is is in Adelaide uh, at the moment. Obviously plays for the Thunderbirds. So you've been Adelaide quite a bit. Um, I've only been there really a couple times. Is there any what's what's the the best thing about Adelaide? Everyone talks about their wineries. Uh yeah, well, the wineries are great. I think I've been to the Barossa. I've been to um, McLaren Vale. There's a few. Adelaide Hills have obviously got some great wineries, some good cheese places, which I don't know. You, you don't really like cheese, do you? But, uh, I, um, do, I do. I do. 
Yeah, well, yeah, get out to the Adelaide Hills, mate. You might find a, a place that you really like. But no, it's good. It's the obviously the wineries are the talking point of Adelaide, and I feel like that's the the mainstay when everyone's talking about it. But to be honest, the thing that impresses me the most is the the coastline, the beaches, the sunsets that they have there are incredible. Well, actually, very underrated to be honest. I, I yeah, I think highly. I think you've sent that. me a couple Snapchats when we had our um, Snapchat mm. streak going. For the first time that you moved away, um, we had to Snapchat each other, and I think you sent a couple of uh, of, of sunset uh, photos, which were nice. And that that snap streak ended because of you, didn't it? <laughs> I, don't, I actually don't remember. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't really use Snapchat. It was the uh, it was uh, the only reason I was using it was to keep that streak alive. But as I said, that ended. <laughs> you'd have a you'd have an enormous streak with Tipper, wouldn't you? Yeah, we got a pretty good streak going. That's oh, our sort of you. main form of communication. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I'll make sure I um, I'll make sure I get back on Snapchat as long as you send me some uh, some uh, sunset photos and some cheese from the Adelaide wineries, then we can start it again. Yeah, all right, sounds good. We'll do that on the weekend. Then we'll get a couple of snaps together. I'm glad because uh, we'll be able to see each other this weekend. After hopefully, what's going to be a couple big wins for us. I tell you one other thing. Touching on Adelaide, the food it really impresses me. Like the restaurant, you know how I'm a big foodie. Yeah, you're. I love foodie. some of the. The cafes and restaurants in Adelaide. There's a couple of good ones that I can make mention to if you want. Uh, yeah, do it privately, I reckon. All right, let's do it. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. Mention, mention. Give me a couple. Give me a couple of Adelaide restaurants. No, no, no. We well, okay. Why not? Why not? Why not? Um, there's one called Shibosho. There's one called Shosho. They're like a sister restaurant. Um, Fish Bank in the city is really good. Osteria Oggy is a really good Italian. It's actually around the corner from our hotel. Maybe we should hit that up not for a game. Oh, we'll go there. Yep, we will. Yeah, we, we could do that. Uh, followed by some Yochi. I'll let you have Yochi. <laughs> I'll, I'll have my um, I'll have my dessert. <laughs> You'll have it. Oh, yeah. Tell them, everyone has to know what your dessert is, please. I really want this to be out there. This is just funny as. Why? All right. I'll tell you. It's, not the, it's actually not that bad because, all right, well, what I have is so – Typically, boys get chocolate and ice cream and you have your frozen yogurt. If not, you have a couple yeah. blocks of chockey. I'll have like three or four dinner rolls with peanut butter and I'll just bring the <laughs> peanut butter tub with me and I'll scoop the peanut butter on the roll and I'll just eat the little dinner roll. I'll have like four of them. So while everyone's, <laughs> while everyone's out getting their chocolate and, and ice stuff, cream, you, I'm buying peanut butter tubs. You're buying a <laughs> peanut butter tub. Oh, the first time I saw that, I just lost it. It was so funny. <laughs> So yeah, no, I um, I don't know why I did it initially because uh, I didn't. I felt like I needed more carbs before. This is early on in my footy career. I felt like I needed more carbs before dinner, so I used to. I didn't know what was. I didn't know what was a high carb source. So the only thing I had was bread. So I thought, you know, I'll just have bread and some peanut butter because I didn't want to have Vegemite or anything with it. So anyway, it stuck, and, and that's what I do. So I'm looking forward to our dinner at uh, that Italian restaurant, and then. Off to get some peanut butter. <laughs> let's do it. Uh, let's, move, let's move on. You got nothing else you want to talk about the footy? Oh, my God. I'm so glad I remembered this. There's one more thing about footy. One more thing. I just want a, a brief 20-second answer. Do you think in the AFL, do you think a kick-out, so when you run out of a kick-out, oh, yeah. you're with me? When you run out of a kick-out, yeah. you get a kick-out. Do you think that should be marked down as a disposal? Short answer, No. I just, I just think, I personally think that it's not a, it's not one that you actually 
need to measure. I feel like you can actually measure that stat without it being on individual stat lines. It's good that you brought this up because I actually was thinking about this the other night and it just popped into my head. How do you think the game would look if there was no stats for individual players, but they still did all oh. the team stats? So, oh, so wow. they still do all the team stats. But when you, when you can click on the AFL app and see your individual stats at the end of a game, do you think it would be better for the footy and yep. the way that people are, are post-game win, lose, or draw? Or yep. how would you – have you thought about that oh, before? Never in my life. It's a great question. I, I love how we weren't going to talk about footy anymore. I um, Short answer, yes. I feel like it would have an enormous difference. I definitely feel like um, externally away from the footy in terms of media and, you know, you know what it's like. Media can blow up a player and straight away that player is – everyone's talking about him, about how good he is or potentially how bad he is depending on what external sources are saying. And a lot of the time, stats are used in it. So mm. it could affect someone negatively and it could affect someone positively. So, yes, I think it would change the game enormously. And I feel like in terms of the game itself, yeah, definitely. I feel like it'd be totally different because the priorities is winning and, and the game itself rather than worrying about anything else that is happening. Like when you're going through the ranks and country footy or whatever, your local footy club, and there's no stats, but people watch the game and they feel yeah. like you've dominated or you've yep. gone well, then that's who's gone well. Not, oh, he's had 35 and kicked three. Yeah. Or so he must have gone he's well. Had that's kind of what it's like. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, so you talk about Brownlow medal votes. I feel like that's how defenders and forwards will get Brownlow medal votes if there's no stats. Yeah. Wow, we. I like it. I like it. That's actually a tough question. I'd love to know what people think. Uh, yeah, it just randomly popped in my head and I was like, I'm going to bring that up on the potty and see what you yep. say. So thanks uh, for bringing well, that up. I'm excited to see what people say because I know people like to uh, you know, share their opinions, which is great. But we'll move on from from the AFL. It's been a, uh, it's been a nice 30 or so minutes talking about that. Uh, NBA, obviously, uh, hence why I'm wearing this this jersey so i'm wearing an oklahoma old school christmas day jersey not because i'm going for oklahoma but because my favorite player kevin durant and i don't have any phoenix suns kevin durant jersey so i'm gonna wear this one yes playing starts tomorrow you excited about that i am mate i'm pumped i actually can't wait to watch the uh obviously the playing but then the playoffs i'm really keen for it yeah it feels like the last couple of weeks and i said this last week the last couple of weeks of the regular season just go forever because no one's really caring about it anymore because we kind of know who's in the playoffs and whatnot. So it's yeah, it's I'm pumped that it's here. Did you see yesterday? The so or oh, two days ago was the last actual regular season game, or might have been yesterday. And did you see the amount of offense and some of the scores that were getting put up? Yeah, unbelievable. unbelievable. It's Golden State put up 157. That would be like us scoring 250. I reckon. You know what I seen? I seen this crazy stat today. There was no. No team this year score – so in 82 games of every team, so there's 30 teams. I don't know how many games that is. No team scored less than 80 points. It just shows the the uh, the Steph Curry effect, Dame Lillard effect. Mm. Three-point mm. shooting, the amount of uh, amount of scoring that's in our game compared to back when MJ played. He'd be, he'd be furious. It's an incredible sport. What about some of the uh, the teammates going at each other this week? Rudy Gobert, yeah. Yeah. obviously Rudy rubbed Gobert. out for one game. What do you, how do you, yeah. Imagine, could you imagine that happening? 
Oh, yeah, I could, but I don't think to that degree. Like I've obviously been involved yeah. or I've seen teammates argue, but a lot of the time it's it's when they're competing against each other where I, I believe from what I've heard, Rudy Gobert wasn't blocking shots. So Kyle Anderson's told him, you know, why don't you block some shots? But he, obviously there was a <laughs> couple other words in there. And uh, Rudy Gobert's come back and said, why don't you get some effing rebounds? And then, yeah, Rudy Gobert's throwing a punch at him. And then he's being kicked out by his own team and getting suspended for a week. Um, Jay, uh, McDaniels has gone into the room and punched something and broken his hand. And and they're in the playing tournament. So, yeah, I think uh, I think they're done, uh, the Timberwolves. It's a pretty um, average look, isn't it, when you've got your teammate actually physically trying to go after one of, one of your other teammates. Like, imagine standing there just watching that unfold. You'd be mm. like... What have you seen? Have you, have you ever seen a teammates go at each other? And obviously, you don't have to name oh, names, I've, but like seen them. Yeah, I've seen. We've had a couple of like preseason scratches where you, you know, having a crack at each other, and there's a couple of um, wrestles involved in in the play, but none other than like none of them have ended up in throwing fists. Like even no. when uh, Draymond and Jordan and Jordan Poole, yeah, when they yep. when they went to town, yeah, well, it shows the difference between obviously. Well, I just think Australian sport and then obviously the US sports over there, it's obviously, you know, they're a lot more out there, the Americans, and um, which we love to see because it brings a lot of personality to our game, uh, to their mm. game where they're, they're a lot more out there and they're open about their feelings and about being the best player and this and that. Where here it's not really – it's kind of frowned upon where, yep. you know, it's all about team and, and this and that. So, yeah, it's a, it doesn't really surprise me that it happens over there. But, yeah, I – the fact that they threw fists through that Rudy Gobert actually threw a fist, that surprised me a little bit, considering how important he is as a um as a not only a player but as a leader for his team because they need him. So um yeah, mm-hmm. I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised that there was a bit of a scuffle on the ban- on the bench because it happens all the time. It's uh it's going to be awesome. I feel like I looked at the uh, schedule actually just before, and to see Kawhi and KD facing off again in the playoffs is going to be pretty cool, isn't it? Oh yeah, I think I think. Um, the beauty of KD coming to the West was the fact that they were able to potentially play against Kawhi, which he is obviously, potentially play against mm. LeBron if he gets the chance later down the playoffs. Um, because, you know, these guys that – well, definitely I, you're only 26, I'm 30. So these guys that I, you know, were watched when I was 17, 18, they're all getting older and they're coming towards their ends, KD and, and Kawhi and LeBron and – Paul George, Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, all these guys. Um, so the fact that we get to see him come up against each other and KD is obviously my favorite player and I think he's the the most important player and the best player in the league and I'll stick by that. I um, I think it's going to be a great matchup. So I'm keen to see how they go. Suns are my pick for for the uh, for the championship. Yeah. So we'll be um, uh, you we'll said be that on the potty weekly. Yep, yours is yours is Denver. Uh just a roughie in Denver. Yeah. Who do you think in the East? So I, I think it'll be Milwaukee, Boston, and I think Milwaukee will beat Boston. So oh, I'm Boston. Phoenix. Oh yeah, yeah, good. My manager, my manager Timmy Hayes was going to go do the Boston Marathon. So good luck, Timmy. Um, he loves doing his marathon, so I'm excited for him. But he's actually going to go to the Boston first final, which is which I'm that jealous. Really, about. that's sick. Yeah, that is mm-hmm. sick. Are you uh, are you a fan of the play-in tournament? It's a hard one. I wasn't. Initially, but I kind of don't mind it. I don't mind it. It adds a little bit more excitement. There's a little bit more importance 
come to the last couple of days. I think that's why they did it. So hmm. one, teams don't tank, although the Mavericks seem to tank, which is just blows my mind. Um, yeah, they're in all sorts. Aren't they ever? Two of the, two of the best players in, in the world on their team. And Oh, wow. But anyway, and secondly, I think um, it keeps relevance. There's still relevance to the teams that are fighting for seventh and eighth, which makes the, the last week or so of the regular season, you know, um, still watchable because, yeah, in years gone by, when when the top eight set, the bottom eight, yeah, you- it's just yeah, the games are just you know unentertaining. They're just boring. So I don't mind it. What about yep. you? Yeah, I don't mind it either. I think it's I think it's good for the game. To be honest, you know it's it's actually happening in the VFL this year. Is it? It's it's happening in the VFL. I'm fairly sure there's going to be oh, like a wild yeah. card round. Wow, to That's to insane. play in the finals. That's cool. Yeah, I, look, so we'll I see how it goes with. Footy. No, no, no. I wouldn't. If the question was towards footy, no, nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't rate it. No, nah. you? Uh, don't know. Don't know how I'd feel. Mm, nah, because you know why? It's an extra game, and our game is demanding as it is. Imagine having to play an extra game, and then do all that work to not even make the final. So, like, it's kind of mm, nah, yeah. Don't do it. All right. No, we'll say no. <laughs> but NBA, yes. Who's yes. your who's your tip to go through in the uh, seventh v eighth seed matches? Um, well, I think I think Miami definitely go in. I feel yep. like uh, agreed. Yeah, they're Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, too important. Kevin Love. Uh, I think the Lakers will beat the Timberwolves. We spoke about that earlier uh, with the Timberwolves. The Lakers uh, with LeBron, but then I think the Lakers will lose in the first round. Really? Yes. Yes. Oh, I don't. I think they're going to win that first round, mate. So they'll probably they the winner of that game ends up seventh. So they play second, which is the Grizzlies. Yep. And I don't think oh Dylan Brooks matchup would be extremely exciting against LeBron. That'd be so good. But um, no, nah, I don't think don't think uh, the Lake is beat. I don't think they beat any team in the playoffs. Honestly. All right, we'll revisit. We'll revisit in a couple yeah, of weeks. Can't wait. I think ninth. The nah. I think Thunder will lose, unfortunately, because I love watching them play. Pelicans, I think, will end up winning. They'll finish eighth, and I think they'll probably get swept in the first round. And then I think Toronto will beat the Bulls, and probably yeah, Toronto right. will play Atlanta, and then I think Atlanta will win. So that the, so the ninth and tenth is kind of pointless because I don't think either of those two teams are going to make it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll re-see next week. Um, what about uh, a really cool little fun fact about uh, Mikael Bridges? Um, mm. And this is even more impressive because he was traded this year from uh, obviously Phoenix to Brooklyn. He's, uh, he's consecutive games. He's at 392. That is That's just insane. unbelievable. <laughs> he hasn't missed since he debuted. It's crazy to think that there was a trade involved in that too. Like he's obviously got traded. And I know we all saw that it was like midnight or something when he got traded. So he's in yeah. bed asleep. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's got on a plane the next day to travel to, to to Brooklyn and play. Do you think that he knows that stat and he's like, I can't let this go? Yep. And so when he got traded, he was like, I need to keep this going. So I need to get there ASAP. I do think that. Yep. You know, when you're a player, you know, as much as you say you don't know, you do know. I. What's even more impressive is – He's the first player since 2014-15, Josh Smith, 
to play 83 games in a regular season. So you know there's obviously 82 games in a regular season. So he's gotten traded from Phoenix to Brooklyn. They're, they've got two games behind the schedule and he's played 83 games for the season. Oh, that's just funny. It's funny how that sport works. But no, it's pretty crazy. 392 and he's still going. I can't see him knock on wood. Can't see him missing any time soon. Who's the, uh, the most durable athlete you've ever played with? Oh, it's a pretty easy answer for me. Jack Crisp. I obviously moved there in 216 and, uh, yeah, mate, he, he hasn't missed. Still hasn't missed, which is incredible to think because how demanding our game is. What about you? It's probably uh, got to come down to either Bonte or Jack McRae. I feel like mm. those two blokes mm. never miss. They never yes. miss. Yes. Jack, actually, Jack's probably right up there as well. Because uh, Jacko yeah, no would be right moves, up there. Very, uh, very impressive thing to have is that durability. Yeah. Anything else about the NBA? Move on the NBA. We're done with that. We're done. The only thing I want to mention about the NFL, only one thing is uh, Lamar Jackson, OBJ. Oh, yes. Yes. Let's talk about that quickly, real quick. Um, OBJ, obviously staying. It's awesome. It's cool. I think it's uh, obviously something that they said to Lamar. They were like, if we get OBJ, will you stay? Yeah. Well, yes. I feel like it's obviously going to be a money and a length issue, but regardless, mm. Lamar Jackson's going to get paid no matter what. And if it's, you know, $25 million instead of $30 million, I don't think you're going to complain too much, are you? Nah. <laughs> well, we wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, we wouldn't. But no, nah, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting for uh, come uh, later on in the year when we're talking NFL previews and uh, NFL fantasy. Oh, no, we're done. We're done with that. Uh, we, we we want to finish off soon, but we uh, we wanted to do, uh, you know, a good service mm. to our fans that listen uh, listen in and, and they ask questions. We want to answer answer a couple of questions that have been sent in, um, obviously, to our potty, and um, we thank our fans that listen uh, and, uh, you know, watch us each week. You've got the questions, mate, don't you? Absolutely. I've got the questions, mate. So uh, the first one is... If you could take two players from each of your teams, who would you take? So you've got to choose two players from my team. Is that how it works? Yeah. And then I pick two players from your team. Okay, so obviously you can't choose you. Can't so choose I'll me. disregard that. I'm going to say uh, Harrison Andrews. Um, Harris Andrews, yep. Yep, sorry. Is, he, is it not Harrison? Sorry. Harry no, Andrews. Harris. Harris. Um. I think, yeah, he's just a gun. He's a very, very good defender. It took 16 intercept marks against us, I think. Um, and I'd probably choose Charlie Cameron. Although the way Cam Rayner played on the weekend, he'd be right up there as well. So um, I'm going to go with Andrews and, and um, Cameron. What about you? I'm going to go with uh, one bloke you just talked about, Aaron Norton, but I'm going to swing him back. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have him as the intercept defender that he got drafted as. Yep. And uh, I'll take big chili English as a backup ruck. He's flying and at the playing moment. forward. Mm. Two good players. Question two. <laughs> are, the, are they scrunches or folders? <laughs> scrunches. I'm, not, I'm a folder. No, I've got no time to fold. <laughs> How are you folding? Because let's be honest. The only reason we sit on the toilet for that long or from reason why we're pretty much on there is to chill on our phones. How have you got time to sit on your phone and fold? 
Easily, mate. It's simple. You're just sitting there and you just fold it and then do the do the job. Folding all every day of the week. What three people, dead or alive, would you invite to a dinner party? Oh, mine's easy. So mine's The Rock. I love The Rock. Hmm. Uh, Michael Jordan. Love Michael yep. Jordan. And Kevin Durant, I want to say, because I just love him as the basketball player. He's my favorite. But I wouldn't have him because I just would love to meet LeBron James over Kevin Durant, although Durant's my favorite. So I'd say LeBron, MJ, and The Rock. What about you? Uh, I'm going to say Tom Brady. I'm going to say LeBron too because I just think that would be a pretty cool moment. And Kobe Bryant. Yes, it's another one. RIP. RIP to one of the GOATs. Uh, next question. At what age did you think you could make it to the AFL? Oh, when I was six, when I first kicked the footy. <laughs> nah, that, uh, that's definitely a no. No way. You should have seen me when I first played. I was terrible. Nah, oh, honestly, I think when I th- thought to commit to try and make it, uh, I was probably 15 when I was a part of the Danone Stingrays program. Um, and then, yeah, I was uh, fortunate enough to – then make the 15s program, which then makes the Vic Country squad. So around that time, I thought, okay, well, if I have a crack here, then, yeah, hopefully I get drafted. Yeah, you? I'm exact, exactly the same, mate. I feel like when I made the under-15 schoolboys, that was – which is Vic Country. Mm-hmm. Um, that was when I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I could I could uh, continue on with this and make the AFL. It's a good question. A couple more. Who's the most annoying player at your club? <laughs> Lathy Vandermeer, because he says it how it is sometimes, and sometimes, not sorry, it's sorry. ruthless. Uh, sorry, he, he says it how it is all the time, not sometimes, all the time. And regardless of, you know, how you're feeling or what's going on in the footy world or at the footy club, he would just say it. And sometimes it's just unnecessary. So I'm going to say Lathy, but that's also why I love him so very much. I think um, I think Darcy Wilmot's a very similar person to what Lathy is. He just says things how it is and calls things out. It's actually a funny story. We were watching a um, a clip, like you know, like I say, a pumped up video, and the other day, and he just had a tackle. It was actually on Crosby. He had a tackle on Crosby in the pump up clip, and. He like stood up like in the meeting and just yelled. He was like, "Come on, boys!" <laughs> just randomly, just in the meeting, like everyone's quiet, dead quiet, and he just got up and got up and about. It was so funny. It's something Lathy would do. Just be so fired up that he would just say something. Like absolutely, it was so good. But like you said, that's why we love him too. Uh, next question: What challenges do you guys face on and off the field? P.S. I love you both. Oh, I love you too. Um- <laughs> That's such a hard question because there's a lot of challenges. I think the number one thing in season would, well, definitely would be depending on if you're injured or not. So I want to say if you're not injured. So if you're injured, obviously that's probably the biggest challenge to overcome that and get back out there. But I think uh, week to week when you're playing, I think um, the way it can your moods and you know the way the vibe is at the club and whatnot can fluctuate depending on how you're going. And unfortunately. We don't want it to be like that, but that's just how footy clubs are because, you know, we're clearly judged on wins and losses and, um, mm. you know, when we're not going well, 
times can be hard because, you know, you potentially might think, you know, do we need to reinvent the wheel here? Do we need to change things up because it's not working? We've trained for, you know, four months in the preseason and we're not going well. What's going on? Like, do we need to change things? Which can be hard because <clears throat> if that is the case, it obviously has to happen quick, smart because we've got four or five days to prepare for a new opposition. So I think that side of things can be extremely challenging. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it could also be really rewarding because, um, yeah, we, we know that, uh, you know, if we stick fat at what, you know, we believe works for us, um, you know, most of the time it comes to fruition and, you know, we can achieve good things as a footy team. But I think, yeah, they're probably the most challenging things. What about yourself? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree with everything you just said. The The mental roller coaster that you ride throughout the season is is very difficult. And also, I think another thing that we probably both would struggle with at times is living away from the girls. And oh, uh, yeah. that's really one. Um, you know, when you come home after a loss or whatever it might be, you might be struggling mentally and, you know, you need someone to come home and, and talk to and, um, yeah, be embraced by it. It's, it's tough at times to obviously have the girls in the state. So, little shout out to the girls for, for all the support they give us from afar. But obviously, um, it's a tough one at times. Totally agree, mate. You nailed that one. Uh, that's it, though. That's our the end of the podcast. We'll conclude it there. And um, thank everyone again for listening to the Ads and Dunks podcast, uh, proudly brought to you by the Oz American Aces. As always, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to all our channels, uh, follow all social media accounts so that you don't miss a single thing of the Ads and Dunks podcast. So thanks again, and we will see you all again next week. Looking forward to it, Adzi. Thanks, mate. Love it. Well done, mate.